How dare you? I th- you should have realized that. No romance between you and Alicia Silverstone? I could have seen that happening. Uh, no, no, no. It was, you know, that's also a time where the age disparity is, is, is really noticeable. I think she had just turned, she might have been 17 or 18. Or oh, something, I was thinking. How old were you at that point? 24. Yeah, that might have been creepy. Yeah, I think you didn't fuck around. I always, I always felt a little bit like I was the the old guy, right? Really, isn't that weird? I was just a couple years older, but I was, uh, but enough that I, you know, I noticed like they were all uh, teenagers. Yeah, yeah. Had you done Friends? No, of course not. You had, you had done that, and and then when you, when you were on Friends, yeah. I mean, I heard the funniest story that that you pulled this uh, kind of thing. So, you know, you were on Friends once in a while because you played Phoebe's uh, boyfriend and husband. Right. right. Yeah, you guys got married. And uh, so you weren't on there that much. You Mm-mm. would just go on. And, uh, and and were you viewing that at that point in your career like, hey, it's kind of cool to just drop in on a show? Yeah. I mean, I was only ever supposed to do, I think, two episodes. And they liked you on it, so they wrote you in more. It was in the. It was really nearing the end of the show. Was the right. I think it went ten seasons, and I came in on the ninth season. And uh, and that's yeah. a weird thing, right? Because when you come, and in a way, like look at Marvel, like you come in as Ant Man a little bit later when this thing's yeah. all exploding. Yeah. And similarly it's with a, Friends, it's a weird thing that I have twice now in my career joined a very well established, well known group, and my whole mo is just I just don't want to get in the way. Right. But you said something where you thought it was a joke. Do you remember this story that you went to uh, Jennifer Aniston, I guess? And I guess it was near the like, like uh, maybe almost the last show. It was the last show. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What did because, you say to her? Well, it, it was <laughs> you wanted to do something funny. It was just it was just uh, it was <laughs> it was weird because with the last episode of Friends and that was a massive story. Huge. I Huge. Mean, and, 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 and you're there. And they're all crying and carrying It's an emotional on. experience. Right. They've, They've been, been there together. for 10 years. They've grown up with each other on this show. And made and, their name with this show, everything. And, and now and, it was ending. And I'm still in that, <laughs> oh my God, I can't believe there's that Jouet sign that's over the, you know, hanging over the television in right. Chandler and Monica's apartment. Right. So it, I was never used to it. And I, uh, and, but I just, yeah, I kind of wanted to join in on the, wow. you know, the, 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 the feeling and the emotion of it all. So Jennifer and, and Marta Kaufman, the writer, they were, you know, they would, they were hugging uh-huh. and crying and I would just go over and join the, 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 the embrace and say, guys, what a ride, huh? And you're like, I can't believe. <laughs> now that's funny. What a ride. <laughs> and, uh, but they didn't like that. Uh, you said uh, you were, I you, think they were fine. With, I, 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 but, yeah, but I they might have felt it bombed your life. It bombed. What a ride. I, 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 uh, yeah, I, I bombed, uh, I would, that is a common thing where, you know, the, the joke gene kicks in and it's like, dude, read the room. Yeah. I mean, it's supposed to be funny, though, but, and you were funny and it was, it was good. Oh, they were Didn't sweet you think, about, you know, but I, you said the first day on the set there that you almost got fired. You thought you were going to get fired <laughs> because you took a set, you were I, riding I, around the set on a segue and you ran over Jennifer Aniston's foot. She had a segue. I think it was the first episode, maybe the first, it was the first or second episode, and she had a segue because, uh, I don't, I don't, I think it, it was a brand new thing, you know, and she was right. zipping around the, um, having fun stage. on the set. Yeah, and her yeah. foot had been injured. Like she had, I, I don't know, I think she had had a broken foot. <laughs> Not that she needed a segue to get around, but she was kind of using this thing, and, and yeah. so, uh, Matt LeBlanc wanted to try it. Right. And I, and I said, oh, can I try? I'd never, you know, I'd never been Let's on have one. some fun. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, she was holding it as I was standing on it and saying, okay, just be careful. Cause you know, the finding your center of gravity is a challenge. 
And I was like, okay, all right. And, uh, and then she let go and I started to lean back or turn and I turned the thing instead of going straight and it just ran over her foot, her <laughs> oh, bad no. foot, her bad foot. She already had a bad foot yeah. and you, and, and did, and like, what was the aftermath that, did she start like crying she went, or? She went, oh, and then, <laughs> and then, and then, uh, and I could tell, I mean, she, like immediate shock. There were a group of people, including writers and producers all running over. They looked completely freaked out. She said, I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm okay. And then she Meanwhile, sat, is she, is she, sat in. Is she, is she like wincing and, and like, like, Oh, she was in pain. Oh, oh yeah. She was, yeah, no, no. Pain. She was, Do you she, think was, she was playing it up a little just to make you feel bad. Immediately. I think it was that default mechanism in, in her. She's like, no, no, don't worry. It's fine. I'm okay. I'm okay. I just, I just need to sit down for a second. But was it like, Oh, I'm okay. I'm okay. Oh, 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 <laughs> and limping and everything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Kind of like <laughs> hand up, but just give me a sec. Just give me a sec. Oh, everyone must have hated you. Oh, yeah. No, I felt like a, just a, complete you idiot. You had to ride the Segway. Yeah. You had, just, you had to ride, yeah. you had to ride the Why Segway. Could, Matt LeBlanc is obviously familiar around vehicles. He hosted the driving show. I shouldn't be on a Segway. And if he runs over her foot, he's a regular on the show. He's got equal status. They're not getting rid of Joey. No, they're not. But Mike you, Hannigan. Yeah. Can get, <laughs> yeah no one's going to miss Mike I Hannigan. I don't even remember your name, Mike Hannigan. I can't even believe that. Oh, I, yeah, oh, I would have been, I would have killed myself. <laughs> That's the worst. It was, it's yeah. It's so funny, right? Are you it's friendly familiar- with the with with the the cast still? I mean, do you ever? Uh- yeah, I mean, I'm friend. I'm friends with Jennifer. I've been friends with her for a very long time, and so I've. Uh, thankfully, I knew her right before that. I I knew David Schwimmer right, and I knew Aniston before they blew up. Before yeah, before Friends. Oh, um, and then uh, the other cast i kind of got to know a little bit on that show is it weird when you know jennifer aniston and schwimmer you know and you're all struggling actors and then all of a sudden they blow up in a show do you just get so fucking jealous you want to just jump out a window i didn't get jealous i really didn't uh i i was i just found the whole thing kind of fascinating to watch though did you who knows how comfortable you are saying this but do you notice the personality changes in them as they get bigger like now they're like the beatles it's like being on friends is like joining the beatles and, and and poor you, you come in for a session on the Beatles and you run over people's feet with the, the segue. I mean, oh my God, I'll tell you, John Lennon now is going to let you play organ. You're Billy Preston and you fucking run over his face and he can't yeah, play the guitar yeah. or something. But, 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 uh, cause that's the analogy. But when yeah. you knew Jennifer Aniston and she was a struggling actress and you knew Schwimmer and, eh, you know, he's like all of us. We go out, we party, we this, we that. All of a sudden that fame hits. Is it fascinating to see the personality change? I think, uh, well, when I, see them or i've talked to them over the years it doesn't it's they don't seem different to me however how no however uh i think that they were were and are really at a level of such fame that i see and you can see it happen with anybody who becomes really famous i think a little bit more reclusive do you think that happened with you with ant-man because you know okay yes everyone knew your face everyone knows you as an actor but ant-man made a shitload of money Kids now. Kids. Kids know you. Yeah. You're fucking Ant-Man. It's, it's crazy. It's surreal. Does it get a little nutty in your personal life? It only uh, can get a little weird when I'm with my kids. But my kids are used to it now, too, where it's like I'm out and people are just yelling Ant-Man. Do they hate it in the sense that they don't want to share their... They don't want to see people fawning all over you. Like uh, Bruce Springsteen was on Jimmy Kimmel's show the other night. And he was saying, yeah, you know, my kids do not want to see me in front of 50,000 people and everyone yelling, Bruce, you right. know, they yeah. just, they, they don't give a shit. They want you focused on them. That's right. Yeah, that's absolutely as it should be. Can you get caught up in that as a dad? Uh, like, can you, 
want them in a secret sort of way to see you as Ant-Man and everyone fawning all over you and kids freaking out. And, and, and maybe on, on some level it's kind of cool, but then you go to yourself, well, shit, this is probably fucking them up. My, I, I just, my whole thing, I think as any parent, you just, no matter what you do, you just don't want whatever your actions are, whatever your job, whatever you, you just don't want your kids to get fucked up from right. some way. Yeah. I mean, we just want to protect our children. Um, no, my, my relationship with my kids is very much, uh, as a dad yeah. and they look at me as their dad. But would you, bring, would you bring them to the set? They've of, been uh, to of a Marvel movie where you're doing Ant Man. Yeah, they came to the set. Uh, of, Is this good of or bad? Do you think? I think it's. I think it's okay. Assuming you know, we're just my wife and I are really instilling what this is a job. And we're very fortunate that we've been able to have all. We get to travel. We get to meet interesting people. And we were. Get, and what? And I. I love what I do. That's an important thing. But. Uh, but I don't know. When my son was about three years old he went through this phase where he didn't want my wife and I to talk to each other. Right. And one time we were just having a conversation and he said, stop talking. And I said, Jack, look, it, this is a good thing. Mom and dad are going to talk. And it's okay. And so we kept talking and he said, stop, be quiet, be quiet. Action. <laughs> and, and I, and I stopped and I looked at him and he was completely serious. And he said, you're not allowed to talk when they say action. Oh, wow. And I thought, this kid's been on too many sets. Yeah. <laughs> We're taking him out of this showbiz thing. Well, you live in New York. I do. I was surprised. But I said to my wife, I go, you know, Paul lives in New York. And she goes, of course, he th we saw him at the Knick game. I go, oh, yeah, that's yeah. right. We saw him at the Knick game. Are the Knicks going to be any good this year? I mean, uh, be honest. I, I never, uh, oh, I don't know anything. No. I don't, uh, I, I, I. If history is any judge, <laughs> no, no. See, I have a theory. I, maybe you're the same way. I don't want them to be good because I get those front row seats. I'm afraid if they got too good, I'd probably have to sit in the second row, and then I would then I'd be humiliated. Wouldn't you be humiliated if they moved you to the second row at the uh, Nick game? Now yeah. that they're popular, yeah. that was, isn't that a sign that you've made it when you, you get, get the to, front row seats? It was very exciting to sit down there and watch a. Yeah, I mean, my God, that was pretty cool. I wouldn't go if I had to sit in the second row. Why my ego couldn't handle it. I would say, wow, I really I think kind you're of safe. fallen. I, I don't know. You never know. It's just really, and you were sitting next to 50 Cent at the game. Yeah. And then I, I always looked at the second, third row, see who's back there to see who was there. And who was there? Do you remember? I, I remember one time I, I turned around and I saw um, that comedian, um, what the heck's his name? He's on, um, he's on the. JB Smooth? JB Smooth. Mm. <laughs> I go, JB, your third row? He goes, yeah. What did you think? I go, Maybe be in the second row. He goes, I'm fine being in the third row. That's my lane. That's I know where I'm at. I go, I'm sorry. <laughs> I said, let me see if I can help you out. Because it's all right. I'm fine. I don't want to be in the first row. <laughs> that was so great. I love this behind the scenes stuff. You, um, on, uh, tell me if it's true on Ant Man, uh, Avengers, you got a hold of, uh, Captain America's shield. In other words, uh, yeah. he had a walk, the guy who plays Captain America. Yeah. He, um, he gives the, uh, shield. I guess he had to take a shit or something. And he goes and he, and he hands it to the PA or somebody. Right. And you say, Hey, PA, give me that fucking shield. Yeah. I'm going to hold it. Yeah. You were shocked. It was heavier than you thought. It's heavy. You yeah. Be strong yeah. to play. Well, uh, it's, heavy. it's, it, yeah. Yeah. It, um, I it is you. impossible <laughs> to not be kind of caught up in all of, yeah, all of the stuff. I mean, I rem we were shooting Endgame and, and it's like, wow. 
There's the gauntlet. Yeah. And uh, there's Thor's hammer. You it's get genuinely excited. Yes. I would, too. I, I mean, all of the memorabilia, all of the stuff, all of this stuff that I know is like in, kind of ingrained in people's conscience. Is there a problem when you're filming a, a, an iconic thing like that? You go shit. Maybe I should grab something. Maybe I should take uh, my uh, my. Ant I just assume. I, or... I assume they're just monitoring everything. You, they do, and I can't. Words, you can't yeah, take that. It home. would be real. It would be a real bad move to try and pocket a shield. <laughs> Not pocket, but would you be a douchebag <laughs> if you went up to them and said, "Oh, can I keep my Ant Man?" Uh, I've done it. Boots. Oh, I did, did it. What do yeah. you have? I have an Ant Man helmet. Oh, you do. Yeah. Now tell me about I've, the helmet. Yeah. I heard the helmet that they make for you uh, is terribly. Uh, it's hard to hear when you're wearing the helmet. And that you have trouble, I and mean, it affects your acting too. It's it's a bit of a, a problem that when you're wearing the helmet, you can't hear very well. It's muffled. It's it's not too bad. Oh. I have not found it to be that bad. But I also uh, a lot of times have the helmet on and don't have a face shield. I on, see. Right. And they'll digitally add some things. But the helmets are yeah, they get to be they're not the most comfortable things in, in the world. But it's not it's not too bad. I think some are probably worse than other. I I think the whole uh, Black Panther costume is got to be uh, tough. Are you shocked when you see yourself in those movies? Because I would imagine there's so much green screen special effects and everything. In a way, of course, you're ima- probably half the shit you shoot. You're imagining. You see it for the first time when you see the movie sometimes. Like right. that end game, that, you know, that whole sequence. It was like, oh, my God. So this is what it looks like. And you you do kind of have to imagine certain things, but there's also and it's amazing. It's what they incredible. Do. I yeah. mean, they've got really talented people doing. Are you talking about effects. where people start disappearing and stuff? With all start, of this yeah, stuff, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. It, it was really um, it's it's cool to see. It's cool to see because you know you work on something, but it's still nice when you see the movie to be surprised. When the dude who plays the Hulk, he does a good job. I can't think of his name. Mark Ruffalo. Mark Ruffalo. Yeah. yeah. I'm saying, oh. I'm saying, no, I'm just joking. I'm busting balls. Uh, Paul, Paul, Paul says he's a better actor than Mark Ruffalo, oh. but that's off camera. I don't want you to say. But, he's um, not impressed with Mark? Yeah, no, he doesn't like Mark. But, uh, uh, but, but uh, you like Mark. I love Mark. Like Mark. Mark's actually the only one that I knew. I've, I've known Mark for decades. But you're having a bromance with uh, Jeremy Renner, yes? Renner, no? we got... I pe- heard you were like, really, you guys are almost like banging each other. <laughs> <laughs> we did, you know, they, they split up um, people to do the press junkets. Yes. And Jeremy Renner and I were paired together. And I really, I like Jeremy a lot. Uh, but we start, the thing that I, one of the things I loved about doing press with him is that he truly does not care. He's crazy. He does not care about your interview. He doesn't care. Like he's just, <laughs> he, he's kind of, yeah, he's, he's kind of nuts, right? He's kind of, oh, I don't think he's nuts. I think he's really, I think he's very, uh, I find him to be pretty, pretty funny dude. I really like him. But, and, and but, but. but Yes, go ahead, but no, but we were, we were, I think the whole absurdity of all of it just kind of struck us early on in our interviews. And so they just became more and more ridiculous. But as an actor, it is show business. I don't have to explain this to you. You know, I mean, you do have to go out and sell a movie, right? You have to go all over the place and and do this thing. Jeremy could get in, you know, he can't let you do all the heavy lifting and answer all the douchey questions. He's got to chip in. Oh, I think he did. All right. I think he did. You know, I mean, well, I mean, stop it. (laughs) Um, you know, where was I reading? You had to go to like Hong Kong to promote a, 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 an action ride or an Ant-Man yeah. action ride or something. Yeah. That, I mean, 
these guys got it does seem to support the the Scorsese of it all. Yes, but what is the the contract here? Does Marvel own you lock stock? In other words, for me to get Paul Rudd to go to Hong Kong to promote an action ride. Oh, man. They better pay my ass. Oh, no. I was so excited to do it. Were you? There was, because there's at um, at Disneyland out there, there's a, they had an Ant-Man ride. I see. It was a. Uh, Is it a good ride? Nano battle. <laughs> do you like the ride? <laughs> yeah, I love it. Those rides scare me. I wouldn't do any. Oh, of them. this was this is a like a. Uh, oh, it's a, a nice ride. Yeah, it's not. It, it, you know, you you shrink down and you have to shoot things, and it's um. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty fun. Yeah. No. 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 That's cool. But you know, it's what else is weird when you think about promoting those movies. They never want you to know anything. They don't want any spoilers. Yeah. So you're there and you're talking to the press, and all you can say is, "I can't tell you." That's the worst part it's, of it all. And you feel like, you know, what are we doing here? I mean, uh, I feel bad for the interviewer because yeah. what are they going to tell? And then you just then it just turns into some stupid little anecdotal thing that has nothing to do with anything, and we're all just trying to fill five minutes. And at some point, I mean, you know, you probably say to yourself, do they really need to promote these movies? I mean, the, 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 each one of them makes $2 billion. Yeah. It's, yeah. They don't give you back-end taste on an Ant-Man, or they do? No. No. Or the I ride was, or anything? Because no. look at this. I know. Really? <laughs> you don't get back in on I bet it? I could get on the ride for free, though. <laughs> you think? <laughs> yeah, I, I bet imagine I you show up and they charge you <laughs> yeah, the ride. That, yeah. You know what? I've had enough. <laughs> but listen to this stat I read. Paul Rudd. Hmm. 83rd on the Forbes 100 list, earning $41 million. Mm. You're very fucking successful. I'm $41 not so sure. million. By the way, I'm not so sure that list is right. <laughs> really? Yeah. They really. have it wrong? Forbes seems to know what they're talking about. I don't think that that is totally accurate. But you that's made a lot more? Of, no, no, I definitely didn't make more. I didn't make that much either. Really? But, uh, that's uh, a no, lot of moolah. No. But, uh, yeah, that's, you know, with that, but Isn't that great, think, though? Well, it, I root for actors to make money because so few get to that point where they can make forty-one million. To be able to make a living doing what you love is awesome. Do you still love it? I do. I really do love it. But I get, uh, I do find over the last several years, I get a little more cranky, and uh, sometimes I, I'll, I'll be on something and going, "Why am I here?" Is it why am I here? Because you're missing your family yeah. and you're missing that That's kind of it. time with the kids That's and all just that. That's it. Yeah. 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 And, and you go, what am I fucking doing in life? Mm-hmm. Because you actually have enough money. You could stop. And, and then it's, then you, I'm off for a few months and then something interesting. I really like, I still love the, to work and I love the, the work itself. I'm, and, uh, but now you're older and you have a family and, 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 and you, and it starts to shift. Yeah. Uh, hosting Saturday Night Live four times. Mm-hmm. That's a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. You like You're that. You're almost in that club. I know. Yeah. One away. One yeah. away. To the jacket. You think you'll do it again? <laughs> I Get hope so. Get into the five-time club? I'd like to. What do they do? They just call you up and say, hey, uh, is it like, it's usually around when you have something to promote, right? Usually, yeah. 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 Is it fun? It is fun. It's a, it's a very intense week. I have since, now that I've done it four times, I know what the week looks like a little bit more. Yeah. But. I remember after doing it the first time I looked at the rest of the cast and how do you guys do this every week? It's, it's crazy. It feels like, uh, you're shot out of a rocket ship. Yeah. Because one of the most interesting things about it is, you know, you do the monologue and then as soon as that's over, there's, they, they grab you. There are stations all over the soundstage there or the studio and They'll throw you in this kind of closet where there are four other people, and it's like a pit crew. Right. One somebody pulls off your pants, somebody <laughs> puts a wig on you, and it's and then they zip you around the back. You don't know where you are. 
then you walk through a door and then you're on the set of another sketch. And so it, it's just, it's constant. You know what's cool about that? Because I mean, I think back when I read about old show business and I read about your show of shows and Sid Caesar and stuff, and they all used to Milton Berle. They all worked live and they do these sketch shows. Yeah. And like, it's none of that anymore. I mean, it's the only last really live sketch show yeah, that, that exists. There's no way this could exist now. Yeah. But you know, if somebody tried to pitch it now. But honestly, I, um, uh, one, I feel like it's a New York history, so it's very exciting to be in it. But I've, I've also had really amazing musical guests. Yeah, who have you, who have you been on with? That's, that's to me would be very interesting. The first show I ever did, uh, it was Beyonce. Right. The second one was Paul McCartney. Oh, God. And, uh, I, I remember, I remember I was at home and my phone rang at about one in the morning and it was Bill Hader and he called me and said, Dude, your guest, your musical guest is Paul McCartney. Wow. And I didn't go back to sleep. And you were excited because you, I was first so, of all, you also know with a musical guest like that, everyone's going to be tuning in to see, see Saturday Night Live. Oh, I just, I just, I just thought, oh my God, I can't believe I'm going to be in the same room with Paul McCartney. And so when I think back of all the times I've hosted that show, certain things kind of pop out. And you know, on Thursdays, that's when the bands come in and do their set you know, setup and all that kind of stuff and their sound checks. So simultaneous to that, on the same side of the stage, they're taking those photographs that they use for the commercial bumpers. So I was getting pictures taken and it was about 11 or 12 and Paul McCartney and his band come in and they, they go through, they play Jet. And, uh, and there's the, and you're just sitting on. there and, and, and I, what were there? 10 people in the audience? Yeah. There's just wow. the camera guys, and, and, oh, and then, um, and then it was, inc- and they said, well, we're not taking pictures. So then I went down and watched him and then they brought in a grand piano on the floor, not even on the stage because he was trying to figure out what he might play next. So he came down and sat at this piano and I was just standing kind of over his shoulder. Didn't, hadn't had eye contact with him. Hadn't said hello, nothing. But he sat down, and he was sitting at the piano trying to figure out what to play, and he just sat down and started playing Long and Winding Road. To see how it felt on that piano. Yes. Yeah. And I was, uh, it, I looked at his feet on the pedals, and I was looking at his fingers, pressing the keys, and I'm watching over Paul McCartney's shoulder him sing Long and Winding Road. And slowly but surely, more people started filtering into the studio. Not that many. But he played the whole song and we all applauded and he said, Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. And, and then he went into Lady Madonna and then he started playing Beatles songs for all of us in the room. Do you think he was doing it for all of you in the room or he was trying to get a feel for what he wanted to perform I on think Saturday Night both, Live? Both. I think he was trying to figure out what he might do. But, you know, one of the things that I really, I mean, I love so many things about Paul McCartney, right. but it seems as if it's fun to see people when they've achieved a certain place in life and in and their place in it and they're comfortable with it and he seems to be in that place it's like an enlightenment and he knows we all want to hear his music we all know but how generous of him to do that incredibly because some people be like fuck you guys get i'm I'm getting out of here but you know you describe watching his hands and his feet don't you try to say to yourself now Freeze this in my memory. Yes, I do. I don't want to forget this. And it's so interesting what we focus on. I, I, you know, I've gone to concerts and things where I'll, I'll, I'll just be mesmerized. Like, 
I watched Bon Jovi on stage one day, and I'm mesmerized by the guy who plays keyboards mm. because I love how he interacts with John. Like you just you pick these moments and yeah. you try to freeze them in your head. That's exactly right. And I and I'm and you have to make a mental note. You have to say, don't this forget is this. This is special, right? Don't for, because. We've been hearing these songs. I heard Long and Winding Road my whole life. It's a beautiful, incredible song, as, as we all know. And I'm looking at his hands saying, those were the hands that played that that note, those keys, when it was written, when it was recorded. It was that. Though, that foot was pressing that. Like the, You're watching Mozart. You're watching Mozart. Right. Yeah. It's unbelievable. What a, what a rare treat, right? Oh, my God. It really is. It, and so, in a way, it's almost like, well, who cares about anything else? This is, you know, at the end of a life, when I look back, I'm going to say, God damn, I got to see Paul McCartney <laughs> play Long and Winding Road for like 10 people. And you're watching his process as he's working out, gee, what do I want to perform on TV? Yeah. Like, you'd think he'd know, but like, uh, like any master at their craft, they don't know. They have to sit there and figure out what it is they need to do. Yeah. He wasn't sure. He didn't come in with a set list. No. He knew he was gonna, yeah. It was oh. incredible. Oh man. I just, I just think that's such a great story. Yeah. I mean, I've gotten to interview Paul a couple of I times know, and I, yeah. I'm blown. And he called me one time in my house uh, at Christmas to wish me a happy new year or a happy Christmas or something. I mean, I didn't believe it was him. I thought it was Paul Tolegdi from NBC. I didn't even know who the hell it was. <laughs> he's he's a really, really nice guy. Yeah. And, uh, and by the way, yeah. Bill Hader calling you. That guy, he's really uh, an incredible talent, so too. So talented. Really talented, really funny. And uh, and actually, uh, yes, one of one of my good, dear friends. I love that guy. Are you still in business with the guy from Walking Dead with that candy store? Yeah. You are. Mm -hmm. How's the candy store doing? It's doing all right. What's his name? Uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Jeffrey Dean Morgan. He's, he seems like a decent guy. Oh, man. He's the coolest. Yeah. He is so cool. People people have a... They get a little weirded out around him. He's got a power. He does. He's, he has a power. Like women, He's a little scary. Women love him. Yeah. And he's just cool. Like He is... He is... Uh, he is has that thing where it's just, God, I'll never be cool like... He's just effortlessly cool and, yeah. and a, and a like a man. Yeah, he's a man. Like when yeah. he walks, he's cool. Yeah, everything he does is yeah. cool. Yeah. yeah, I'm amazed by you because you look very youthful. Like you, you are much younger looking than your age. <laughs> I'm old. How old are you now? Fifty. Fifty, and you look like you. I don't know. You look like a kid, which is great for movies. I mean, let's face you it. You can still well, do Clueless. You. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you really could. You don't uh, look that different. I feel. I feel a hundred inside. <laughs> Uh, this new show that you're doing, um, uh, Paul Rudd is going to be in something called Living With Yourself, which is on Netflix, mm. which is my point. You get to do a thing like this, which maybe you couldn't do in the movies because, A, it's a long form kind of piece. Right. And it's you playing your best version of yourself versus your worst version of yourself. Got to be weird uh, playing against yourself. Yeah. It's a new experience. Yeah, that's weird to me. So it, how do they work that technically? Do you? Do you I recorded the lines for both characters. Yeah. And, and uh, whatever character was driving the scene was the one that I would film first. And I would just put an earwig, a little thing in my ear. and. Uh, I would act like I was there. I didn't, right. I, I didn't have an act. Uh, there wasn't a, another actor in the scene with me. I would just act to air, but I would hear my lines as I was going to say them as the other character. So I would, I would just react oh. to the audio. Oh, I see. You know? Oh man, that's a, uh, that's a technical nightmare. It though. was, a, it was tricky. And it's you versus you. In yeah, the show. yeah. Yeah. Cause I get cloned. So yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I love I love when Tom Brady gets cloned. Tom Brady, yeah, that's six yeah, times. It's, it's six times. Yeah, I thought that was really good. One for each. Ring. How do you get him to do the little acting part? We 
you know, he, Tim Greenberg is the guy who wrote it. He wrote these things, uh, off scripts, I think about four and a half years ago. Right. And he was like, even four and a, even before, I think back when he had four rings or maybe even three, <laughs> it's like the idea that we would have a clone and it, and it's the best version of ourselves that they just do everything right, that they're great. I love the and, idea that Tom, and Brady, Tom Brady is the epitome of that. And it so, is because we, when you see Tom Brady, the amount of times in his career he's been hit and everything else, and the guy's really healthy. He plays super well. He's that old, and he can still play football like a young man. There, he there, has to be a there clone. There are he's he, of course <laughs> he he's been is, clone. He is called the goat for a reason, right? And uh, and so yeah, we sent him these scripts like a year and a half ago or something. Sent him and and he and I was so touched. He's he was like you know he got the joke of kind of te- making fun of himself and his perfection, and he's like yeah. I thought it was weird. He was outside a massage parlor. In light of what happened oh, with the Patriots, too. Well, yeah, no, well that, that, that was written I feel, before. I've seen, I've seen some of these, you know, the stories, yeah. and I, I, I it, and I had the a feeling that I have never ever had in my life, <laughs> which was, oh my God, I. I feel bad for Tom Brady. Right. But it's like this guy was throwing us a bone. He was doing us a favor and he was kind of making fun of himself and his perfection. And then all of a sudden, I think yeah. Boston media. There's very had. few original ideas and this was a very original it's idea. Really, I really liked the, the show because, uh, you know, uh, you know, the idea that you can go somewhere and get yourself cloned yeah. and be a better version of yourself. Very attractive to me. I would like to meet my better self. But then again, the show points out you really don't want to meet your better self. And, or is your better self really your better self? What right. is our, what is our uh, the best versions of ourselves? Yeah, it's a know? good question. It really is. I I, uh, I got to tell you, I I uh, I admire your career, and I admire. I I was thinking, you know, when you're doing Ant Man and you're doing a big Marvel film, you know, the move to Netflix. That's like a big decision whether or not you want to go do Netflix or you just want to concentrate on movies, right? That's a whole business decision. I've never done a television show. I mean, minus like friends and kind of right. doing some recurring roles. I've never been on a show. But this one, I just thought it was eight episodes. Good experience? They were. It was. Very good experience. Same directors. It was this, this couple, Dayton and Ferris, who did Little Miss Sunshine and Battle of the Sex. They're great, great directors. Oh, so they don't bring in uh, 30 other guys? Nope. We to- had one writer. The same directors, eight episodes. It's a self-contained thing. You can just watch it. It was like basically doing a four-hour movie. Yeah. And so um, I just read them, and I thought, God, these are really good. I really was drawn into the scripts. And your your wife in the uh, in the uh, show, very attractive, beautiful, funny, great Irish actress. Her name's Ashling B. She's yeah. a she's a comedian. When I was watching, I was like, oh, yeah, some bed scenes, a little lovemaking. Yeah, thank, thankfully like it didn't have to be too. Uh, thankfully, <laughs> Howard wanted to be very graphic. No, when I when I when I read a script, I go, "Hmm, am I in bed with anyone?" And if I am, okay, we're gone. We're on. It's on. Let's go. We had to do- yes, I'll take the part. I we swear had- to you, Paul had boner in my movie <laughs> through every love scene. It's uh, it's a weird it's a weird thing. I always thought, you know, even like uh, when a- actors or they say like, oh. You know, so the crew's there. It's all. And, and you really, Bring everyone. I, mean, in. I was like, I was. I, <laughs> they, they disappear from me. But I remember, matter. like as a kid, I'd hear people <laughs> say this in interviews, and I think, give me a break. Right. But you, but you subscribe to that. You do say it is awkward to uh, well, get in bed with an actress. It's awkward. Ju- it's. I mean, it is awkward in that you're you're kissing somebody, 
where you're lying on top of them. And in Ashling's case, she had she had no shirt on, but she had the the uh, little stickers that go pa- and, right the pasties the pasties. pasties. Yeah. and I'm starting and, a company making those. By the way, <laughs> well, you, by might, you and that other that Jeffrey Dean Morgan might want to come and visit. <laughs> we could sell them at the candy store. Yes, the, the Edibles, store edible pasties. There actually is a thing my wife buys. They call nippets, and uh, they mm. covers up your nips. Cover yeah. up, yeah, right, Nip, right. nippets, nippets, so you don't have to wear a bra. Um, yeah. Brilliant, yeah. <laughs> and so uh, you know you and you think I'm I'm laying on top of this poor girl and kissing <laughs> you, her you feel bad for her and like this, and we're at work this is our this job is work. <laughs> this, this is our job and and um and thankfully what do you I do? Mean, do you do you see the absurdity in it and start laughing oh, absolutely <laughs> we're we're uh, we were laughing throughout all of it and ashling is telling stories about uh it's one it's you can't turn on the air conditioning in a room because the mics pick up the sound. Right. Yeah. So it gets hot. <laughs> She's sweating. Her nippets are falling off. Ah, oh. And so I am trying to position my arm so the cameras and the crew like, can't see. You feel protective of her. Protective. Yes. And, uh, and so it Do may- you say to her, uh, your nippets have uh, fallen off? Or I think you- she was aware. Oh, I see. But then it's weird because, the, you know, the scene's over and she's just got a nippet on her neck. <laughs> <laughs> How'd this get here? <laughs> oh, my God. It's just so, so strange. Uh, yeah, it's weird. But, it's, uh, it's a super weird uh, thing to do. I thought it was weird that I got aroused in every scene I was in with a woman. I mean, anytime I was in any proximity, I was aroused. I said, what's wrong with me? I mean, uh, I'm, and, I'm clearly not an actor. I mean, it makes sense, <laughs> right? right? I mean, just the bio- our, bi- your biology. It's fantastic. Well, you have to watch Paul Rudd in Living With Yourself. It asks the philosophical, it's a funny show, but you also have to sit there and ponder the question. What if they could make a better version of me? Would I hate this person or would I like them? And what who's I want? choosing what's better? That's right. I mean, it's, you know... Uh, Robin, you're asking it, a very important question. <laughs> it's very, very urgent. Look at you. You're really killing it. Look at... You're doing look, it. Look at the three of us right now. <laughs> look at us. Here we are. Here we, maybe, hey, maybe maybe Paul McCartney's look, not in the room, oh but Fred's here. Fred's here. That's right. Take Hi, a look. Fred. I know. Are yeah. oh, you sure you want to see him? Okay. <laughs> He's, there. He's, there. Yeah. Yeah, he sure He's not looking. There's the four of us, really. <laughs> no. It's hard because we're separated by this partition. Yeah. Yes. Oh, God. I, I was you know, thinking about love scenes. I knocked over the craft services table with my boner one time. <laughs> it was very embarrassing. Now, But impressive. Yes. Yes. You know, uh, Paul Rudd. The show is called Living With Yourself, available exclusively on Netflix. From what I'm hearing, good experience on Netflix. They didn't interfere while you were shooting. No, they they were great. They don't they, send any executives down to nudge you? No, not even once. They were supportive. I mean, they, they've been pretty terrific as far as yeah. giving, you know, directors and writers their, you know, their time. They're good They're, people. Yeah, they really, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been, it, it was a good experience. No was, show notes from a guy up in an office somewhere? No. You, <laughs> know, <laughs> you know what did I was happen? watching you on, and I had such mixed emotions. You did that show, uh, Between Two Ferns, with Zach Galifianakis. Right. Uh, and, you know, uh, it's a funny show. Yeah. In that you're sitting there, and you're a good sport, because to me, I liken it to a roast. Yeah. The guy sits you down. And he says every insulting thing he can think of saying to Paul Rudd. And obviously, he probably had a lot more that he did. Not everything. He had but, more. But, but don't you get, I, you know, I could not do that show because oh. I would get offended. Oh, no. He, that's another guy, Zach Galifianakis. Yes. That is one of the funniest people I've ever met and have ever seen. Like his whole style. I mean, when he was doing, I mean, before Hangover, when he was just doing stand up, kind of starting off. 
he was one of my favorite comedians. I just think he's so funny. And well, he turns to you in the show and he says, uh, you know, Paul, um, couldn't you help other Jewish actors hide their Jewishness? Uh, and and, 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 and I, I said, that is the greatest, funniest line ever. Yeah. But then all of a sudden I was like, I didn't know Paul was Jewish. He's and, been hiding and, it. And, you know, he has been hiding his Jewishness. I did not realize that. Where'd you grow up again? I grew up in Kansas. I, I was born in here. I was born here. I lived right, in New, New Jersey. Yeah. I then lived in California. I moved to Kansas City. They don't have any Jews in Kansas. They do. But they didn't go to my school. <laughs> was it awful? Being serious, like I've gone to places, you know, I, unlike you, I can't hide my Jewishness. <laughs> I was slapped a yarmulke when I was born. But when I, but, but seriously, growing up in Kansas and there's no other Jews around, it's gotta be terribly, um, well, you gotta feel somewhat alienated. I, I would think, think at the least I was because of my dad's job and he, you know, he worked for an airline and we, he was he, a pilot. He was a, he was in management. For TWA, sales management. Oh, I and thought he was a pilot. He wasn't a pilot, but oh. he, uh, TWA's hub was in Kansas City, which is right. why we wound up there. But I was always a new kid in a new school from the time I was TWA in TWA had him, uh, he was always getting job transfers and yeah. things like that. And so when I was 10, I'd already been in, I don't even know how many schools. Um, I think because my parents were both British that I had moved around, I was always a new kid in school and I was Jewish, certainly in Kansas City, and I knew that that was the I was in the minority there. I always felt a little different than I guess most of the kids. And, and what I learned, early, kind of early on, is that like if I make Jewish jokes about myself, um, I noticed that all of the kids would laugh really hard. Yeah. It wasn't until I got older I'm like that's kind of that's kind of messed up. <laughs> yeah, but um, but uh, it was uh, yeah. Because well, that's also a, lot, a very, well, were there a lot of like anti-Semitic comments and the uh, hey Jew boy and all that. I shit? got that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, not, not a ton. Um, right. I mean, I would think that the majority of people probably didn't care. Didn't, right. you know, what if they even knew it wasn't anything. It was, I have never tried to hide anything, but right. I, uh, I'm also not a particularly religious person, but. Um, you're not kidding. You celebrate Christmas, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, you're not well, that there, you yeah, there you go. That's, that's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's about, about as hiding your Jewishness yeah, as you can get. You can't do any better than that. <laughs> it's the best. <laughs> By the way, it's the best. <laughs> Christmas is awesome. Oh, man. <laughs> yes. It's my favorite part about being Jewish. Oh, my God. I mean, I, I mean, it, it's sometimes crazy when you, when you, you know, when I think about growing up in Kansas, I can't even imagine because I know, I know what's down in people's hearts, you know, and they're not, a lot of people are just real bad. The thing is weird is that, you know, that's part, that's a part of the country that is, it's Bible Belt, yep. you know, and I, and so. Did you get bar mitzvahed? I did, yeah. In Kansas? In, Where, uh, in yeah. Canada. Oh, oh, in Canada. In Toronto, because I, had, I oh, had some family that, a lot of family that was in Toronto. Oh, by then you had moved out of Kansas? No, I was still living in Kansas, but it was like, instead of having everybody come to Kansas City. Right. Let's just go to this. I don't even think you could have been bar mitzvahed in Kansas City. Where are you going to find a rabbi? Where you, you know, and then you're not going to invite those kids they, they from all, school. No, they, they're there. They're right. there. No, but when Zach <laughs> says to you, "How did you hide your Jewishness?" I go, "Oh my god!" That and was. The, the, and then yeah. there were like 50 insults in a row. I go, "I realize he's you're being roasted." Yeah, and you're be <laughs> but also there's people say, "Oh, this is written." Um, oh, it's rehearsed. It's not. I had no idea what Zach was going to say. We just film it. He is. He has his list of questions. Yeah. And you have to react. And then. And but then, you yeah. chose. You you consciously chose. It's an acting assignment, really. That's why I don't think I'd be good at it. I I, I would probably erupt. But maybe that would be good. I don't know. But. 
but but you sat there and you kind of calmly took it right and uh i i said you know what that isn't easy to take he said some really mean things to you (laughs) (laughs) but you were laughing oh yeah i mean i don't (laughs) i don't uh take any of it i think it's it is really funny and he's and also the jokes are really good yeah um, they were, they were great. But Zach is also one of the sweetest guys. I don't know if you've, if I've you've never met him. Met him oh, no. he is really, he, and then as soon as, as soon as it's not, as it's done, he's like, I'm so sorry. Oh, yeah, <laughs> he feels like, awful. yeah, but, but it's, you know, you know, what's gonna, like you were back in Kansas. You, the, you know, what's going to play, you know, what's going to hopefully work. And, uh, and he is, he is legitimately one I of mean, the, yeah. oh God. Well, yeah. I don't mean to insult you by saying you're a really nice guy. Um, I appreciate it. Thank yes. you. And Thank uh, you. Uh, Paul Rudd is in Living With Yourself. You got to check it out on Netflix. That's why he's here. He's not here for his health. He's not looking to be on the radio necessarily. I don't even, I'm not even hearing you even talk about the show. I've really? talked about it so much. Have my wife said, my wife said, she said, oh God. So yeah. She said, you should just call this talking about myself. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know you do get sick of it, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. I, I went out to California last week. And I know. I talked about uh, my book for like three appearances and serious. Which is great, by the way. Thank you. And I, and I, you know, and then after three appearances, I said, okay, I think everybody's had enough of me. I'm going home. There is nothing after. It's just, I cannot stand the sound of my own voice. I just don't, I'm don't, I'm not, I don't want to talk. I hate right. myself. I hate myself. <laughs> is that what the attraction is to being an actor? That you get to immerse yourself in another. Like you could be Ant Man all day. You could, you know, you could be the guy in uh, living with yourself all day. But, but, but when you're talking or promoting or doing this kind of, you're just like fuck. Are you well, quiet off camera? Uh, I, I think at times. I think maybe more so now in my life than I was earlier on. Yeah. This is part of. I, I, I think that there's also different levels. Like coming here, I'm a fan, as you know, of you and uh, of the show. And so it's fun to come here. It's fun to do certain things because I'm a fan of, of people. It was really always very exciting to go uh, do the Letterman show. Right. Um, but how many times did you get to do that? Uh, pretty, pretty good number of times. Did you feel pressure being over, on that show? Absolutely. Did you feel you had to be delightful and funny and, 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 and yeah, brilliant? yeah. You just, yeah. I mean, that show was always different than every other show. And I know you feel this, you've talked about it. Absolutely. It, he, he was our, you know, and he's my hero. And so it, it becomes a thing of, I just want him to not be bummed out. I'm on the show. Right. That's, <laughs> that's how a, I always felt. That's too. A really, that's what it yeah. really kind of boils down to. Um, but this is, there's so much noise. There's so much, there's so many things. There's too many shows. There's so many movies. And, and so now it's kind of part of the deal that you just, you got to go talk about it, which I understand. I get right. that. No, and, listen, you have to, you have to break through all that noise and, yeah. and somehow get your project. Yeah, yeah. Get it out there. That, that's right. And so yeah. I think it's expected and I understand that it's my job. And so, uh, I, you know, I try and do it as, uh, as best I can. However, at a certain point, uh, you just, I just feel. What are you doing the rest of the day? You got to go do more promotion or you don't? No, no, no. I'm done. That's I'm it. T- I'm, yeah. I'm picking my daughter up from school and then we're going to gymnastics. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. Oh, that's fun for you. That's gr- the best. Yeah. But you can only take that so long and then you go right back to acting. <laughs> All right. I get it. You don't have well, to say. you know, one other thing we, we ought to mention, I yes. loved the catcher was a spy. Oh my God! Thanks. Great movie. Wow. You, People ought to see that movie. Wow! Thanks, Robin. That- and there's Robin's music. Yeah. <laughs> that was so. That, that's the stamp. <laughs>
You get that music. That was the other movie with Paul Giamatti. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Giamatti yeah. again. Look at this. Mm-hmm. Great movie. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't even know enough about acting when I did my movie to know that Giamatti was so great. Like, all I know is I thought about it after I finished the whole movie. And I go, you know, when I was doing that, those scenes with that guy, it's pretty easy. And yeah. then I realized why. Because he was so good. Yeah. That it almost seemed, it seems so like, so like real life. That I didn't have to, I was effortless. Yeah, that's the thing. When you get to act with really, really good actors, it it uh, it makes your job easy, which is why living with uh, yourself was the hardest thing I've ever done. Because oh. <laughs> you had to act with I yourself. I had to act myself. With yourself. And now I'm just like, oh, God, I feel terrible for all the people <laughs> yeah. who had to work with poor oh, Paul Giamatti. Oh. oh, man. Let's leave it at that. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> no, you're doing great, man. And uh, congratulations on the Netflix show. Congratulations on the whole Marvel thing. Thank are you. we going to be doing more Marvel movies? I mean, uh, we got another Ant-Man in us? Or uh, uh, what are we talking about? I, uh, are we I, under I, contract? Yeah, again, this is that same thing where I'm not really allowed to really? Can't talk to about say it? anything. What is the new world? What the fuck Marvel? is wrong with yes. these guys? I mean, you can't even talk about it. They're getting ridiculous. And you know what it is? They pay I, you so right. much money. You're like, I better not talk about it. I'm not going <laughs> to blow it. People say, have you signed an NDA? And I'm like, I don't, I think. You don't even know. I don't even know. No, no, just keeping it quiet. Keep the Jewishness and the Marvel plot quiet. That's it. I was laughing so hard when I saw that. I go, who knew that? No, that was one. That was a question. As soon as he said that, how, uh, that was really hard to kind of keep it together. That one, that one, that one got me. Oh, he was just uh, was, nailing you over oh, and over and that, over again. No, but it really made me. That was a really funny Hey, question. you allowed to talk. Are you doing the new Ghostbusters film? Yeah, I just finished it. Oh, you finished it? I just finished, yeah. No, I thought it was wild that Ivan Reitman, who directed the original Ghostbusters. That's right. Who who uh, you know I, I know he his son is directing uh, directed uh-huh. the uh, the yeah. new yes. ghostbusters yes. he direct he wrote it and directed it and um now that is so fucking weird yeah like it's it's I, amazing and ivan was there he was one of the producers and it um it it was uh it it was it was incredible really who's in it with you uh well uh, uh <clears throat> this woman named Carrie Coon is a great actress. Uh, it's a lot of people. Is it people like the original or is it a new kids. take on the original? It exists in the same world. Like the original people, the original happens in this movie. Like you're, people are aware it does exist in our consciousness. People are uh, uh, aware of the events that happened in 85 or whatever. Oh, good. So it's not a remake. It's not, it's not a remake, but it's, there's, it's, um, Again, here we get in that territory. What I can. But say, are you guys say, taking but, over the Ghostbusters from them? No, but there's, there's, I'm, I'm, I'm not, uh, I'm not allowed to say anything in terms oh. of that kind of stuff. Uh-huh. But, but, uh, I will say there was something really poetic about Jason Reitman directing it, and that there seemed to be this, uh, this feel of like this makes sense. I read that script and I I thought it was really well. First of all, it turns really out that good. the kid's a good filmmaker. Yeah, really so good. He's, he's proven yeah. himself to Ivan because Ivan ain't handing that franchise over to anybody. Well, also, I don't think it was anything that he really wanted to do. That For Jason mo- didn't want Jason, to do. You know, Jason did Juno. Yeah, and, I mean, he's a. Great, I would think Jason would avoid that like the plague he's because a, Ivan did it so brilliantly. Yeah. And I don't want to compete with my father Not, and be exactly. compared to my father. And it's a little bit like the family business, you yeah. know, and and. I think that he just had an idea and he thought, you know, I have this idea. And then he started kind of fleshing it out a little bit. 
And it probably seemed inevitable at a certain point. When's it coming out? I can't wait. I think next, I think next July, sometime next year. Have you seen it yet? No. No, no, no. They're they're, they, I, they, I think they just wrapped, I think. I wonder if Ivan and his son Jason are like kind of double teaming this or is Ivan leaving Jason alone? Because, I think Ivan's leaving Jason alone. I mean, I, you know, but Ivan's he's a, a brilliant, great, Ivan's a brilliant editor in the editing is, room. Yeah. I watched him. I sat at his feet while he edited. And oh, he, yeah, yeah. he can literally pick out a scene that would be funny if you turn your head a certain way. No, it's, it, it's, he's, he's comedy royalty. Right. And, um, that was also really a cool thing to get to talk to him a little bit about his, uh, his life and the things that he worked on. I was, uh, you know, yeah. amazing guy, it, it, really amazing guy. Really, really great guy. I wonder if it was... Oh, man, I can't even imagine the dynamic with his son directing Ghostbusters. Did you see him around? I, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. He was yeah. there. I think he was proud. And he also... You know... It, uh, I think that his, his son is a certainly a capable and qualified filmmaker, and Ivan knows that. Mm -hmm. So who's the cast? It's you, this woman you just mm -hmm. mentioned, and who else? Um, well, there are these kids uh -huh. and uh, who people... Mm, some kids that have never worked before. Oh, some, so they're not like big name people. Right. Jason's going it, for that vibe like with Juno and stuff. Yeah. There's ah, a, yeah. I like it. It's, it's cool. Look hmm. at you. Look at you. Ruling Hollywood. <laughs> big franchise. Is there anything you're not in? Look at you. <laughs> I didn't realize how big sure. you are. I'm ready to go. I don't yeah, well, right. I'm ready to go. <laughs> you can retire. <laughs> well, there you go. Uh, Paul Rudd bragging, literally sitting here bragging about all of the franchises he's involved look, in. Look at all the all the projects he can't talk about. Uh, he's in so many projects you can't can't, no, can't, even, can't talk even, about. can't even talk about. I've it. never been in a project I I, I, I don't even care. Like please talk about. Right, Paul Rudd, living with yourself, available exclusively on Netflix. Soon to be in Ghostbusters, mm. and maybe Ant Man. Uh, Who knows? Sounds like it's happening. You like, like working that, with Michael Douglas? My face is twitching. Sounds like that Forbes list is going to grow. <laughs> sounds like you're going to be right up there. Yeah, I love working with Michael Douglas. You are providing yeah. for your family beautifully. Good for you. Yeah, maybe that was a projection. They by make Forbes. they make my kids though. They uh they make so many jokes about me missing things even oh. though I really try not to. Like my son really uh perpetuates it. When he was little in my house we have like this karaoke system. We, we I tried to teach him um we learned Cats in the Cradle as a duet. No, no. Yeah. That's the wrong song to pick. Yeah. Only, I used to sing it at my father it's, angrily. It's, <laughs> it is the, I, it's the worst, most painful, awful. A child was born just the other day. He came in the world in a usual way, but there were bills to pay and sent the cat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if I had the time, my boy was just like me. And just like me, son. You know, you're going to be like me. There was something really funny about hearing from a little boy's voice singing the part of the boy saying he just doesn't have time for his dad. It, it, it was, but it was disturbing. Yeah. It, we, it's not, yeah, that's you think, not funny. You think that that is a <laughs> tough song to listen to, um, as a, just a dad. Try um, listening to it as a duet with your son. Oh, I can't that even imagine. That must be like a horror film. Oh, you know. But but it was also really funny. Yeah. I know. Like, my kids are convinced I missed their entire lives. You know, they'll tell, they'll tell yeah. me, Dad, you didn't do this, you didn't do that. I, go, I was working. Why did you want me to do something? I had to pay for the show. Also, like, I'm actually around a lot more than they think. But That's they what I always they, say. Look, yes, you but better they, start videotaping everything so you can do it. You need, you need proof because I'm, I, I, like, my kids go, you didn't go on vacation. 
Yes, I did. I went I, on many vacations. Absolutely. Yes. I've never gone more than two weeks without, you know, at least <laughs> coming home for a weekend. But I'm also, I work for a few months, and then I don't work for a long period of time. Yeah, I say to the kids, I said, do you realize I would finish my show at uh, 10 or 11 o'clock? I came right home. I got I got you from, I, I, I was home when you came from school. I was there. I go, oh, yeah, right. Oh, yeah. You have to remind them. You have to remind them. You were I, there. I, my, I had it this morning. I was doing a FaceTime with my daughter before I came here, and she, and she said, are you going to, um, it, it's her birthday. She goes, are you going to miss my birthday again? Oh, oh again. She I, I said, again. I've never missed your birthday. <laughs> and she started laughing. Robin tried video everything. everything. I do that with my kids. <laughs> you save yourself a lot of trouble. That's really good advice. Oh, my God. That is so funny. Oh, my God. You're you a good singer? No, no. You're karaokeing with the kids? Yeah. We have it in our house. I love I it. Ca- I karaoke, but I'm not very good at it. Well, I I think that... Isn't like, that the fun? That is the fun, yeah. right? You want to sing isn't something? There, isn't, there a little, isn't it a little bit where people are really good? Uh, what do you want? I'll give you a choice. Oh, God. I'm going to give you a choice. I have karaoke right now. Oh, yeah? I'll give you a choice. <laughs> Look Wichita, at this. Wichita Lineman. That's Lineman. my favorite song of all time. Seriously? Yeah. Here. Hey, other words. Are you going to duet it with him? Oh, you want to duet? I'll go verse for verse with you. Yeah, sure. (laughs) All right. Let me hit this. Wichita Lyman. Wichita Lyman. Glenn Campbell, by the way. Yes. Ladies and gentlemen. You take it first. Written by Jimmy Webb. I'll be honest with you. I'm not sure where to come in, so you start it. (laughs) Yeah. Beautiful. All right. (laughs) I want to hear you sing. Ladies and gentlemen, I am a lineman for the county. Good. And I drive the main road. Searching in the sun for another overload. Oh, fuck. I don't know how to do this. Please take the next one. Hear you singing in the wire. You're good. I can hear you through the wine and the Wichita lineman is still on the That was really good. That, did, uh, <laughs> that didn't. I was a little nervous. That, yeah, I knew I'll that was coming out. up. I'll, try, uh, I'll do Over the Rainbow. Over oh, the oh, yeah. Rainbow? Yeah. Judy Garland. Talk about hitting notes. Nice. I can hit these. Okay. Somewhere over the rainbow, way up high, there's a land that I heard. In a lullaby Somewhere over the rainbow Skies are blue And the dreams that you dare to dream Really do come true 
That was beautiful. That, Thank you. I By was way, crying. But it, it was, it was <laughs> good. Was nice. It really. You want to go in concert? Want to start a band? <laughs> you play, you play you anything? You've got, a, you got a nice voice. I do. Singing you the really classics. do. You know why I committed? You taught me something today. I committed to the song. I think it was Jim Carrey that taught us all. Or maybe it was. I don't know. Uh, but listen, you do. You have a nice voice. You, you were beautiful. Thank yeah, you, you can do uh, a musical. <laughs> yeah, I might let you in on a threesome with me and Fred. <laughs> I am in. Well, let me tell you. Paul Rudd, you sing, you act, you dance probably. Uh, but you're doing Living With Yourself, available exclusively on Netflix. We will all tune in. And thank you for these uh, wonderful moments today. Loved having you on the show. Thank you. It's it been great being here. Great, thank great to having. have you here. Paul Rudd, everyone. Robin, you're yes. obviously turned on by Paul, I can tell. <laughs> I see what's happening over there. She is. <laughs> I'm a big fan. Uh, yeah. Big let's, fan. let's leave it at that. That's right. That's right. And we'll be back right <laughs> after these words. Yeah, who did you have dinner with? A friend. Simona Dinnerstein? No, it wasn't. <laughs> it was my friend Jocelyn. Oh, Jocelyn.